Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, let's just say it, he's already clearly a huge winner. A huge winner in life. He's our friend Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk. Brought to you by our 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. CarX.com today. Hello, Bob. Hey, John. How are you? Huge winner in life you are, my friend. <laughs> huge winner. <laughs> well, you're very kind. I'm, I'm not sure I agree with you, I mean, but you're nice to say that. I want to ask you about the format. We got a taste of it back with the regionals uh, weeks ago with the girls, and now we're going to get it with the fellas coming up tomorrow. Did you like the way that that went and more certainly of a focus put on the uh, the games for the semi-state than the regional? I think it was the, uh, was the success. I think the response when you talked to people, most everyone you talked to liked it. I think from a coaching standpoint, you know, the concept of coming off a very exciting week, uh, you know, a stressful week, your team played more than likely, had to win three games, minimum of two, obviously, to win the championship. And so now you get a chance to uh, unwind, decompress a little bit, get back to the practice floor for some serious practice and, and have to focus only on one opponent. And um, so I think there, there are a lot of positives to it. Uh, the crowds were huge. Uh, on the girls' side, and I expect the same thing coming up tomorrow and obviously next Saturday. So, and a lot of positives to it. Clearly, small sample size. You only have the girls to look at right now. And so, uh, I think it'll take two or three years for everybody to cycle through it and see how it goes. But from a coach's standpoint, I, I like it. And you, you're telling me I can win a regional championship by winning one game? Yeah, where do I sign up? I think that sounds great. It may be rotten with southwestern Indiana flavor up in here coming up in a couple yeah. of weeks, Bob. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I understand a hundred percent. A lot, lot of teams, a lot of teams down there. Uh, I, I happen to think that you know at Southridge, I mean Forest Park's playing Benton, uh, Brownstown Central, and then Linton Stockton playing North Decatur. Hey, listen, Forest Park is good. Uh, the the Sicily kid is tremendous. Uh, Brownstown Central with, with David Benderson, uh already committed to Purdue. Linton Stockton has been number one the entire year. Uh, Joey Hart headed um, Central Florida somewhere, to, yeah, South Florida. And so you know those those are those are teams they can all win. Those are three teams that had the capability of, of winning uh, a championship. And um, you know you get a chance to see them all there uh, in one spot tomorrow. It should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, Bloomfield is. I don't yep. have to tell you. Oh, they yeah. run the table the entire year. They've just been all over the place. That'd be uh, one JB Neal, another graduate of Eastern Green High School. JB Neal, Dusty May, JMV. I'm know that, it. That's Mount Rushmore, right there. I'm gonna have to start not? doing some more stuff to keep up with these guys a little bit here. <laughs> but seriously, there's a simple Mount Rushmore for you right there. Hey, I do have something to ask, um, and he would buckle up here. This is going to be a heller. So I am from, cut from the cloth, of the Southwestern Indiana Athletic Conference, also known as the SWIAC. Yeah. The SWIAC could very well be represented by three teams. In the state finals, 3A, 2A, and Class A. Has there ever yeah, been in the history yeah. of class basketball one conference that was represented in the state finals by three different teams? I, I don't know the answer to that, John. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Because um, I, I, I would it, think it, that that's never happened. Well, I would think if it, if it has happened, it's happened infrequently. or It, it may have only happened the number of times you can count on one hand, quite frankly. But, uh, no, they're, they're going to be very well represented. Um, there's no question. And the, the thing about it is we talk about this every year. You talk about it, and you're from there and understand it better than 
than most. But that part of the state, year after year after year, yeah. teams just play great basketball. They really, really do. I, frankly, I think they get better. Well, it's because, Bob, North Davies elevated – to 3a you've got linton in 2a and you have bloomfield in class a and they're all from there's there's one missing right there which would be eastern green not a part of this but they're all from the swayak conference southwestern indiana athletic conference i'm i'm here to bet that that's never happened (laughs) uh i'm with you and i think the north davies move uh, turned out to be, if you look at look at the, the regionals, it turned out to be a really good move for them. Yeah. I mean, they, they were cognizant of the fact that they were going to be, uh, you know, hanging out with, with Bloomfield and Lagodi and, and those schools. And so it's a counterintuitive to go from one to three. But quite frankly, in terms of uh, dealing with 3A, uh, they felt like they had as good a chance to, to move on in 3A as they did single A. That's how crazy this is. I would think, again, you know, you're looking at Forest Park, Brownstown, Central, Linton, Stockton, <laughs> North Dickens. Those guys are all really, really good. No doubt about that. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana Car X locations. CarX.com to find the one nearest you today. Um, is it happiness because it happens or a bit of a bitter pill because it's happening in this one-off regional cathedral Ben Davis at four o'clock tomorrow afternoon? Well, that's a great question, John. I mean, it really is. And, and what it does is get, uh, ammunition for those who want to see the tournament, uh, <laughs> those kinds of things. I think it's a tremendous matchup uh, without question. Um, certainly a caliber of state championship uh, matchup. I think everyone understands it. Um, but it's you when know, you go back, there have been great matchups uh, along the way in the history of the game in regional and semi-state action around the state. So you, one of these two teams, you got the defending champs, and then you got number one that hasn't lost the ball game. You think about Ben Davis, with the schedule they've played, they haven't lost a game. I mean, it's amazing to me. So with all the people they've played – and they're, they're the biggest game on everyone's schedule because of who they are and how well they're playing, and, and no one's beaten them yet. And so um, this will be, if you don't already have a ticket to, to go to Southport, uh, you're in deep trouble because this is going to be a fantastic game. I don't think there's any question. Yeah, they have, they have really good players, but what has been told to me, their dynamic is – team basketball and it's interesting because you know people would argue if they were to just run the table and and go unbeaten and you know normally you have that one they have really good players but you know you have that one big time incredibly athletic star and you know maybe this is not at least what's been explained to me about Ben Davis not that type of team but the way that they're playing uh, certainly uh, is has been incredible with Don Carlisle. There's no question about it. Well, there's there is no question, John. And whether they're set up, they're, they're they're put together very very well. Coach Carlisle's done a tremendous job. They defend you number one. They are a mentally tough group of guys. They have a great inside out presence. I mean, the Dowdy kid up front can score, can rebound, can get on the glass, and they have uh, multiple guys on the perimeter who can catch and shoot, catch and put it on the deck and take it to the rim. Uh, they, they, have, they have playmakers on the perimeter, a, a force inside, and they defend you every trip down. And so, um, it's again, it, the, the schedule is difficult, but that's their, that's their formula for winning, and it served them well. Now, you know, Cathedral, hey, look, you got guys coming back who won a tournament a year ago, a lot of pride on their part. Uh, they're still the champs until somebody takes it from them. So you got a lot of interesting dynamics in this game. And you talk about tremendously talented. I mean, the Booker kid's tremendous. Yeah. Uh, there's a tremendous level of talent in this matchup tomorrow. No doubt. No doubt about that. Hey, College Hoop, what did you think of the Boilermakers earlier this afternoon? Survive in advance as much as I hate cliches. That's the idea here, right? I mean, it's you don't get style points. You just need to move on and play the next game. What I liked is, uh, you know, they, they showed a little bit of themselves, you know, maybe returning to form. They're a tough-minded group of guys, um, and they they made plays down the stretch. I still worry about their ability to, to score at various times, and um, they look like a team that needs to have Zach Eady on the floor for 40 minutes, which I know is not you know, something they want to do. 
but they are, um, you know, they're moving on. And I think if uh, you know if IU, if they're able to play IU in the finals of the conference, man, oh man, what a matchup! <laughs> that That's what I'm saying too. I, 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 I mentioned this, Bob, a little bit earlier before I brought you on. I said, you know, we we rarely, not you and I, but just uh, everybody in general, rarely agree uh, on something close to, if not 100. percent this would have to be it, right? Both IU and Purdue Fed, you have to be in complete agreement that you want round number three on Sunday. Oh, why would you not? Because people, <laughs> yeah, people my, tell me about yeah. rest and uh, you know all this. I don't. I want you. I want to put the 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 hammer down, full throttle, and go into it. So that's what on I want to see. Neutral floor, John, on a neutral floor. You, know, you again. That that's the big. You know, and I say it all the time. Home teams in conference play win about 70% of the time. Those are the stats. So now you put these two teams on a neutral floor in Chicago. Uh, who has the advantage? Nobody. Well, in, in theory, no one. So, yeah, you, you want to see this matchup on a, on a neutral site. That's ex, that's 100% why I'd be excited about it. You have to be excited about the possibility of that matchup. That is Bob Lovell right there, Indiana Sports Talk today. Tonight, I should say, and then tomorrow night, of course. Brought to you by every Friday, Bob, is your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. CarX.com today. Go out and have yourself a hell of a weekend, Bob, on me. I'm going to, John. I know you will. With my conversation. Well, it starts with you know, my talk with you, so that sets the tone for my weekend. So thanks for doing that. Keep in mind that three teams in the state finals from one <laughs> conference question. Keep in you mind you brought that up. that tonight and tomorrow night, do you? <laughs> well, I mean, what will happen is I brought it up, so they'll probably all three lose now because I brought it up. So. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Appreciate right, it. Bob Lovell yeah. of Indiana Sports Talk. The Mike Wells slow jammery entries now. Bamboo earrings, at least three pair. Offended, bad, and a bad attitude. Need to get you in a good mood. She can walk with the switch and talk a street slang. Level with a woman is scared to do a thing. Standing at the bus stop, suck on a lollipop. Once you get popping, it's hard to make the holly stop. Dance like the rap jam. A cheese brown sugar with your candy yams. Goose family. Oh, yeah. Oh, I need an around the way girl. I like it. Me. Did you have the album Mama Said Knock You Out from 1990, Mike? Oh, man. I was in, I was in junior high. Whoop. That was a jam. Hey, that whole, that whole uh, CD. Look up the word CD, kids. That was, the, yes. that was the that was the beat back back in the day. It absolutely was. Did you know that that's around the way, girl, from LL Cool J? By the way, the Mike Well Slow Jam reentry. Around the way, girl uh, gives out writing credits to among others Rick James. And you know that Rick James was in on that bad boy right there. How about it. I didn't. I didn't know that part. Yeah, Rick James, booming system was also a part of that. Obviously, Mama said, "Knock you out" is one of the all-time great ones right there. So, six minutes of pleasure, I think, is also a part of that. <laughs> that's what I, was. LL was LL back then already into that uh, porn addiction category of his life. Oh man, listen! I, I think the ladies looked at LA, LL as a porn addiction. That's what they—that's what they looked at back back in the day, man. Mm. Um, Jay, we hey, we are two weeks away, bro. We are. T- I went I know to the gym it. this morning. Yes, talking to some people who are going to be there. We are two weeks away from Keith Sweat. I know it. God. Yes. New edition. Right. Oh man. And then me and you and Dion, my boss, and Manny. Who's a caller and a listener? Manny's going with us. Hey, man, hey, Manny, don't be coming in with some BS, bro. We be going in. We gonna have a good time. You don't make fun of my ass when I'm singing. We gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna be. Hey, when Keith Sweat swing, start singing. Why? Uh-huh. Why me, baby? I'm gonna be right there with Keith Sweat singing it. When he goes in to make it last forever, I'm telling you, we're going next level. 
Next level lip syncing yeah. right there. And he can't last forever. Oh, man, that is so good right there. But no, I am waiting, and I think he was here today. I did not see him earlier, but I'm waiting for Dion to give us the heads up so we can all make sure we're there. I know we're not too far away here, are we? Yeah, no, nah, two weeks. And I'm going to tell you right now, we got that in two weeks. I hear, uh, I hear from a source that you're broadcasting live from Bottle Works next Thursday. I am. You going to stop by? Hey, I'm on spring break next next week. Miss Layla and Mr. Tay will be in school still. Thursday, <laughs> Friday, first first round of first round of the NCAA tournament. I'm coming down on Thursday yes. to Bottle Works. We're gonna hang out. I'm having some beverages. I have no class, so we're gonna have a good time. I can't wait. I well, had somebody mention that to me today. Let me tell you what else we have too, because if you're off next week, Thursday at Bottle Works and Friday for St. Patrick's Day and day two of the tournament at O'Reilly's downtown. Which Ooh, we and you know and you know, and you know how some people they get a little wild when it comes to St. Patty's Day. You gonna have tell you. It's, it's like it's it's the Irish version of like Mardi Mardi Gras and stuff, man. They gonna be down there having a good time. I, I might. Ooh, I might. Ah, forget. I'm doing both. You got to do, do both. Yeah, you got you got to do both. The the St. Patrick's Day at O'Reilly's is always pretty ridiculous in a great way. In a great way. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be with uh, Brent Halverson, Heaven Hill Distillery. So you can imagine how that's all going to go down. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm going to tweet about it. I'm going to tweet. Yes, do it. Tell people to come down to O'Reilly's on Friday. Oh, yeah. I see. Last year was pretty wild. I think it was two years ago. I was coming off. I just had uh, got vaccinated that day. And then I you know, did my thing. And then somebody in there, I remember this, said, hey, um, I heard you said you got vaccinated. I said, yeah, I did, you know, whatever. And uh, this woman said, well, this is going to hit you because, you know, you've, you've been drinking a little bit here. That's going to hit you like a hammer about midnight. And I go, ah, I'm not going to, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And about midnight, I got hit with an absolute sledge. <laughs> Ever. She was absolutely right. The next day, I had uh, Carson Wentz on the show. And the first thing I said to Carson yeah. Wentz, I was all kinds of wobbly and stuff. And uh, I said, I said, hey, I'm a little bit behind here. I'm probably two steps behind. So I just got vaccinated yesterday. So uh, uh, my bad if hey, I hey, ask something hey, stupid. Hey, That's what I said to him. He probably, yeah. he probably- he probably cringed at you too when you said the word vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, I was, you know, I didn't even know any of that stuff was going on until what a couple of months later. So yeah, true story. That's that's how I started the conversation, the one and only conversation with, by the way, Carson Wentz, that still calls Central Indiana home to this day. Yes, yes, he, he's up, he's up on the north side. Oh, uh, uh, I think he's uh, around yeah, Zionsville. They always get mad when I call it Zionsville and Whitestown. Whitesville and uh, Zionstown. They get mad when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't, hey don't, 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 get, don't get over it. Man, big, <laughs> hey, big, hey, big, big week. Not only the NCAA tournament, man, but uh, what, what's the Colts, what, what, what's the Colts uh, salary cap situation look like? Um, well, they don't, I don't know how much they got to sling around here. Um, I mean, obviously, at some point, they are going to cut loose Matt Ryan. But they're free agents and Chris Ballard keeping their own. I would I would assume Paris Campbell is probably going to be retained. Bobby O'Karake probably bounces. I, I, I this is what I gathered from talking to Chris Ballard, Mike, last week is when I had mentioned, you know, EJ Speed, he kinda of perked up a little bit, so I kinda of wonder if EJ Speed um may be brought back. And you just you kind of wonder if there might be a a surprise cut. I don't think anybody's expecting too much of that, but but we shall see. Yeah, uh, I think anybody who's paid attention to the Colts under Chris Ballard or free agency, that whole splashy splash stuff. Yeah, um, it's not just really. Yeah, has not been the case. I mean, you know, trade for Wentz, trade for Matt Ryan, trade for DeForest Buckner. But from the free agency side, it's just been kind of blah, ho-hum. Oh, oh, yeah, well, he's not he's not going to change. That, that's the one thing that I gathered after talking to him last week. I just I don't think that there's going to be much, much movement, or at least in terms of what a lot of fans hope after the first six years and the realization that that didn't get it done, that's not doing it, so let's change it up here. I, I, I still think you're going to get pretty much the same type of decision-making that we have seen over the first six years from him. Yeah, and and what, and what is your thought off of that? Considering where this franchise is, 
where Ballard is job status wise. Because you got to believe that it, there has to be a drastic improvement for Chris Ballard to um, keep his job. Is that is that the right? Yeah, I, I mean, well, listen, and people hate when I say this, and and some people disagree with it. You know, some people say, "Well, you've got he's got to show something in year seven, or he's going to get bounced. If he didn't get bounced after year six, he's not going to get bounced after year seven. So he's going to get time with whomever he chooses at quarterback moving forward, and then you're going to go into." Year two of the new quarterback, which would be year eight of Chris Ballard. And I would assume that quarterback probably shows enough signs that he's not going to get bounced in year eight. And then year three of the quarterback, year nine of Chris Ballard, I think that's, I think he's going to have the better part of, of three more years. Some people disagree with that, but I think he's going to have the better part of three more years to, to get this thing figured out for Jim Mersey. I think barring a, um, Barring you know a one and sixteen, zero oh and seventeen, you know, you know that, that, or drafting that, Zach Wilson. Right if he drafts out, Zach yeah. Wilson and it turns out like that, then okay. I mean, if, if it's something like that, sure, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I know we we've discussed quarterbacks ad nauseum on the show. I think you know you can, you know C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce Young are safe. Do you do you think Anthony Roberson or um, Will Levis could be more of a um, Zach Wilson type guy. Well, here's the thing about both. I, I, if I were putting money on it right now, I, I, I would bet that Levis. I bet that Chris stays at four, and Levis is the guy at four. That's what I would bet right now, and that's not the guy I like. I like C.J. Stroud. You know, with with with, with, with Richardson in mind here. While you know he was great at the combine, and you knew that that. To me, is much more of of a gamble. Um, I, I to me, I don't think he trades up, Mike. I just I don't. I, and maybe that's because of the past, and maybe that's what I'm thinking right now. I just don't think that they trade up. I, I think that that he kind of feels what may end up being in front of him at four, that maybe to three. If they move up, maybe to three. I just can't see him getting rid of whatever that price tag is going to be, Mike, to the Bears and moving up from four to one. While I want, by whatever means necessary, for them to draft Stroud, if you don't move up, he's not going to be there at four, and somebody likely no, is not. going to move up. I've, and and then you're going to be you know, basically at the mercy of those that jump up and grab somebody in front of you. Now, the wild card is going to be, and you mentioned Richardson, the wild card is going to be that. How much did somebody fall in love? Will somebody jump up in, let's say, the top three, for example, because they absolutely fell in love with his skill set. You can take a little bit of time, work him in, see what happens. You know, a team, I'll just say, hypothetically, Mike, like the Raiders. What if the Raiders fall in love with this skill set? and this is the guy that we want. If somebody like that moves up to get him, um, we shall see. But I, I just, to me, I'd be really surprised, certainly, if Ballard did any upward movement other than maybe getting up one spot for not so much. And if you're going to ask me right now, I bet he stays at four. Well, see, and you know, see, and here's my thing. This, this, this is the worst-case scenario for the Colts. There are a number of teams, and you know, you mentioned the Raiders. We know Carolina um, needs need a quarterback. Um, you know, the, are the Commanders sold on Sam Howe? But uh, there's there's just so many teams that need QBs. So let's just say somebody trades up, say Carolina jumps up to number one. They take Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Houston Houston takes the leftovers between the two of Stroud and what you call it, and then say the Raiders leapfrog the Colts to Arizona at number three and take Will Levis. Then the Colts are just stuck. Right there. They're stuck in that. I just, you know, what the Colts cannot afford to happen is stay at four and watch other teams leapfrog, and then they're stuck taking the biggest, you know, a major project in Anthony Robertson. Mike, I I just. If if, if I'm an opposing general manager, I'm like, I know the Colts want to need a quarterback at number four. We need a quarterback also wherever, if we're at nine, 10, or wherever, wherever those teams are at. We'll do whatever it takes to make sure we get the better the remaining quarterback that Houston does not take at number two. I I agree with that, and I would be one that would suggest if you have somebody, and this is just me talking here, if you have somebody that you know is not going to get to four, and you know that 
at least to what you gauge, what you gather, all your information, Mike, if you know that that quarterback is much better than everybody else, then you you, you owe it to everybody, including yourself, to go up and do it. I just, for not even the price tag that we have seen, which is ridiculous so far, it's probably not going to end up like that, but... I think we all know we've been around here long enough, six years to know that is that a price tag that you would foresee Chris Ballard paying to move up two spots, whatever, three spots to get the guy that he might be looking for in this? I I just I have a hard time believing that. No, I I, I agree completely with you. I completely based off of Ballard's resume of drafts, I agree with you for that mindset. Uh, but God, then, then you're stuck back in the same question mark to quarterback. You just, no, you are. I, I think if there's if there's a year for Bowers to say, you know what, two peas in a bucket, f it, I'm gonna go ahead and do whatever it takes to get that QB. Um, this will be the year for it, just because uh, of the situation of where they've been at since August, late August 2019, at the quarterback position. If it were, if it were somebody like. Uh, Andrew Luck, if it, were, if it were what people viewed coming out of college as an absolute can't miss, maybe maybe he would do it. I don't know if he would with this group because everybody is kind of in the same ballpark. I just sit here happen to like one over the other, right? Because I've watched how Stroud played, and I, I've based my opinion on basically one game against Georgia. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I think the Colts, when you talk about the Colts and their shortcomings over the past couple of years, a quarterback, that is it. Mobility, being able to scramble, not a runner, but being able to scramble, strong arm, being able to put the ball where you want to put it. He described himself as a ball placement specialist. I think that's the guy, and I don't factor in what Ohio State quarterbacks haven't done in the past. I factor in what he is doing in the present and what I believe he can do in the future. So if it were me, that would be my target right now. I would consider that an absolute can't miss guy to go get. I just fail to believe that maybe maybe Chris Ballard doesn't believe that and won't end up doing that. So I guess because we have prior circumstances of him not really jumping to such conclusions, right? And making big deals. I don't know. Maybe that's more about a free agency thing. Maybe it's more about you know what people describe as a frugal Ballard. I just I have a hard time believing. It's it's even more so, Mike, to me this way. When people drop in, you know, why are the Colts not investigating Lamar Jackson? That would be to me as uncharacteristic of of Ballard as trading up to number one and giving up, you know, multiple first round picks, you know, this year and in the future to get a quarterback at number one. I just I find all these situations very exaggerated from what I believe the reality of what Chris Ballard would do. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, what you just said is I, I yeah, I think I think we've come accustomed to how Ballard operates. It'd be different if Ballard was wishy washy on a year to year basis. But if there's one thing he has been since he's he, since he was hired to replace Ryan Grigson in um the winter of twenty seventeen is he's been consistent in his approach. So I don't think the the, the, the whole panic thing is just not in Chris Ballard's DNA. No, nah, there's no doubt about that. No doubt about that whatsoever. I just can't. I can't see that. What do you think about Lamar Jackson? Do you think that's something the Colts should investigate? I, w- I would look into it. I mean, but darn it! I mean, you really going? You truly going to be play- paying a an incredible quarterback, an incredible quarterback who has yet to play a full season in his NFL career to play in every single game. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's missed at least one game in every year of his career. And who has battled injuries the last couple of years? So that's that's a, a thought process. You better have your medical team thoroughly, thoroughly check into it if that's the case. And and again, the all likelihood is that whatever happens, the Ravens will end up matching. But it just kind of you know begs the question. Everybody's you know shouting collusion and. You know, everybody's wondering why everybody went after last year so vigorously Deshaun Watson and look what he had, you know, look what he was bringing in, look what was on his shoulders and why not now. 
it's because I think most teams believe he's going to go right back. And then if you have a quarterback right now, then you're going to be telling this quarterback, look what we did. We went after this and, you know, we're going to lean on you now for the future. I'm assuming that's why Tua uh, they, you know, I'm I'm assuming again the Dolphins probably thought that Tua was going to be the longer term solution for them even before this whole Lamar Jackson stuff started. But it just, I think it stands to reason why there's a lack of interest out there is because everybody believes, probably knows from an NFL standpoint that he's just going to end up back in Baltimore. Yeah, exactly. Hey, um, I hate to do this to you, man, but but yeah. I got to bring it up. So, oh, I took Tay to the uh, Patriots game on Monday night. Right. Into 76ers. Why? I mean, we know Joel Embiid is he's a hell of a player. But why can't your boy Miles compete against him, man? Well, I will tell you this, and this is what I said on Tuesday. Um, to start with, I, I thought Miles, Miles was pretty much beaten after those first two fouls. Um, yeah. he, he, and I, and I, I said this as simply as I could. Next time they match up, I just want to see him chill because Embiid's going to work anybody's ass that tries to guard him. I mean, you saw what he did to the three-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year the other night, right? In 28 minutes, Mm -hmm. 39 points against Gobert uh, on the second of a back-to-back, a second of a road back-to-back. So he's going to do that against anybody. The only thing that is going to be able to guard Joel Embiid would be his his lack of really caring at the moment or his feet breaking down. That's that's going to be it. But from a Miles standpoint, Miles looked completely discombobulated after those first two foul calls and then never really got back into it. And I think he he's so much this year, Mike, he's so much tried to be more physical and really physical for the first time. And you just can't play that way against Embiid. Offensively, I wanted his mindset to be able to try to bring him out. I wanted him to be able to face up and, and shoot that three to try to bring Embiid out, which he doesn't want to do. But instead, we saw him go at him defensively. You know, he tried to wall up, and nobody's going to wall up against Embiid. It is just an incredibly bad matchup, and it was on Monday night because Miles, I thought, let that get to his head. And we've seen that before. We've seen that certainly before. He let it get in his head, and what you have to do is counter Embiid offensively. And Miles has the skill set to do it. He just didn't do it the other night fell into that trap and got worked over as we've seen over the years. I just think the dude, yeah. when he plays Embiid, you just got to chill a little bit. He's going to get his. He's going to try to bully you on the inside. You noticed this when you were there? He didn't try to bully Jalen Smith very much. I mean, one time when he knocked him down and put his shoulder into him, but he really didn't try to bully Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith shot, what, couple, maybe three threes and knocked them down to try to bring him out? That's the game that you play as a big if you're opposite is Joe LMB. He's just too big, too strong, and when motivated, too good. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. Uh, Tay and I are sitting behind the bench, and Joel was talking. Miles picked up that fourth and third quarter, I believe. And MB looked over at the bench and said something to somebody and basically said, he goes, he can't guard me. He doesn't want any of this. And in my head, I'm like, you know what? The fact that you can sit here and run your mouth like that and back it up, yeah. it's, it's just, hey, you know, everybody has that one, has that player that always seems to get the best of you. And that's what it is with Joel Embiid. And you're 100% correct. The only thing that's going to stop Joel Embiid from dominating on the court is going to be Joel Embiid mentally or Joel Embiid suffering some kind of injury some kind of injury in the playoffs. That, that's it right now. And, and, and you're right. He knows he can bully ball Miles. He knows that he can do that and then talk about it and then tell everybody over on the bench about it. Miles just has to have a better game plan to counter. Miles' game plan on Monday night wasn't a good one. And listen, I like that Miles has gotten more physical this year. I think everybody does. And he has been more physical. But if Gobert can't be physical against what you see in Joel Embiid, Miles is not going to be. And those two early fouls just, I thought, really melted Miles down to the point where he was so discombobulated. You saw him throw passes and, you know, threes, you know, double pump stuff. It was 
really weird. That stuff you could tell was in his head. And we could always tell what stuff is is on his mind at that time. And Monday night it was. Just chill, man. I know it sounds simple. Just chill and then go at yeah. it differently offensively. I mean, put something in his head. A couple of threes on his head, make him come out. You know, maybe you can, you know, get by him if he comes out on you a little bit. That's just trying to go at him physically. That's not going to work, and it sure as hell wasn't going to work no, Monday. No, no. And speaking of basketball, yes. shout out to the girls down in Center Grove, man. Laney and Grace and Kemper and Kennedy winning, winning, winning the county championship. Did they win last night? Shot. I didn't hear. Did they win? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear. <laughs> hey, my, hey, my girl Laney didn't come home and uh, celebrate. Oh well, I, I don't know where they went last night. I think they went to the La Rosas or De Rosas or hell, I don't know what it is. So they went somewhere last night. I did not go. I had I was off yesterday and had to go uh, to a funeral down in uh, in Green County, and I I got back. Oh, uh, oh yeah, thank you. I uh, got back a little bit too late for it. I just I heard I heard the stories afterwards. So so. Yeah. I, I, I listen. I hope I hope my girl Landy got some playing time too. No, it's <laughs> it's it's been a lot of fun, folks. It's been a lot of fun. I love – it's a good thing that uh, you got the seventh-grade version of Muff, Muffet McGraw down there. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> hey, but listen, more importantly, hey, prop, prop, yeah. props, to the, props to the girls down there in Center Grove. Yes. Winning, winning, winning the county championship. And I got to – hey, I got to let, let my man – what's my man's name on Twitter know that – uh, Ryan, that I had a complete brain for it. I said Anthony Robinson. I meant Anthony Richardson. So your brain. Well, Anthony, 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 Anthony uh, Robertson was an NBA player for a while. San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Man. I think he played in OKC for a while too. And if memory serves, I'd have to look this up. Did he not play collegiately at Florida? I might be wrong about that. Yeah. And, no, then, no, and then Richardson plays at Florida. So yeah. Yeah. Common mistake. So yeah. Complete. Common mistake, but Bottle Works next Thursday, yes. O'Reilly's next Friday, and I can't wait for O'Reilly's, man, because it's St. Patty's Day, and we know folks like to have a good time. Well, and here's the thing. Brent Holverson, we, we, we have to call it free samples or people get upset about it, but the the free samples are a plenty, and when you're talking about St. Patrick's Day, it gets beautifully ugly early. So it'll be glorious, I promise. Yeah, so you know, make sure we all make sure you got a ride, and make sure everything is good because the doors will be blown off of it Thursday and Friday next week. I promise. Yes, and then two weeks from two weeks from now, yep, Cambridge Fieldhouse, yep, down there with uh, out there talking about a uh, big button and smile with uh, what, what are we going to be doing if IU and Purdue? That's a Thursday night regional semifinal night, right? Is that what that is? Probably. Regional semifinal. Uh, what if IU or Purdue is in a regional semifinal? Oh, hey, that's what a DVR is for, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hold on a second. Can, can, you, can you guys? Uh, can you do do? Hold on a minute. Can you wait and do do me at halftime of this game, and then we'll come back with you. All right. So. And and here's here's the reality is man and yeah. We know the concerts ain't gonna start on time anyway, so we'll we'll be able to we'll be able to double dip on that one. Can't wait, man. It's gonna be a great time, but I promise next week, Model Works Thursday, O'Reilly's downtown Friday is gonna be a blast. So be there and, and tell my girl that I'm really proud of her. Always. Uh all right. I, I will I will let I will let her know. Uh we are actually on our way getting ready to head over to Warren Central for uh little AAU practice tonight. So I'm gonna see if there's any uh See if I can find Michael Grady's little um, locker from when he was uh, when he for, went to school. For when they stuffed him into it, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, hey brother, I will. I will see you. Ne- I will see you next Thursday. And congrats again to my girl Lane. You got it, buddy. Thank you. It's Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. Speaking of which, how about your radio spectacularness later on tonight? Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher's got you covered. United Center, Chicago, game four of four quarterfinals of the Big Ten Conference Tournament. That is Maryland and IU coming at you. Eight o'clock, your pregame show coverage, and then obviously sometime in the nine o'clock hour, they will tip that game, the fourth and final one from Chicago. And Don Fisher joins us now. Hello, Don. Hi, John. How are you? you? You got plenty of time to get everything worked out, right? All the kinks worked out for this broadcast. I'm betting more 9.30 than closer to 9. 
Well, yeah, it'll be someplace in there, but uh, we're, we're, we're hoping it's closer to 9 to 9.30, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. What a whack <laughs> deal so far. I'm assuming, because I haven't been watching, it's been on, but I haven't heard anything. There's never been a 13 seed in this tournament making it to the semifinal Saturday, right? There has never been a team that low on the totem pole that's gotten into the semifinals. And Ohio State did it today, 68-58. This game just ended a couple minutes ago. That's crazy. Absolutely. This just goes to show you what can happen. I'm telling you, Don, I feel it. I feel like we're going to have part three, IU and Purdue, on Sunday. I feel that's the – and I know there's a lot of work to be done here, but I got a good feel. I don't know if that matters. I don't know if that uh, plays a role here. I got a good feel about it. It doesn't play a role, John, just to let you know. Damn it. <laughs> Mark the tape. Well I'm hoping I'm hoping that uh, that E doesn't have a really good feel about it too. I hope he's nervous about it. When he's nervous about it, it usually means Indiana wins, but there's been a time or two when he's been nervous and it's been for good reason. So right. we'll see what happens. Telling you, it has been feast or famine from distance shooting so far, it seems, too. Like, you just watched this last game. Michigan State could not literally throw it into Lake Michigan. And Ohio State seemingly hit everything from distance. And, you know, it doesn't matter, really. You get on a hot streak. I, I mentioned this about both IU and Purdue going into this tournament, Don, is you don't necessarily have to be a great shooting team to have or string together great shooting days or nights tournament style and that's what really both teams and including IU have to hope and and Trace hopes goes along with this offensive ability against Maryland coming up later on tonight you don't have to be great over the course of the season to string something together and to do it tonight would be fantastic for the Hoosiers there's no question about that because it has been a teeter-totter ride here in the last three weeks of the season with win-loss 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 win and of course as you know (laughs) We're going into the uh, bottom half of that teeter-totter if Indiana falls in this one. But honestly, you, you get on a hot streak and you just never know what's going to happen. And proof of the pudding is Ohio State. I mean, they've come from the first day of this tournament, Wednesday, Thursday, and now Friday, and now are into the semifinals. Again, the lowest seed that's ever gotten to the semifinals at number 13. But they're playing great, and they didn't seem to let anything affect them in the context of, of the of the game itself in the sense of being too tired, not having their legs. They played terrific basketball. you got to have your legs to knock down threes, and they certainly looked like a team that was pretty fresh out there, despite the fact having played three straight days. After that, that Wednesday night Wisconsin win, I, I thought – Chris Holtman had mentioned, you know, we went through a lot of the season not really knowing what to do. And I think you kind of find out what you can do. You just, your guys start shooting threes and you're like John Wooden Jr. all of a sudden, right, Don? I mean, there's no question. (laughs) Yeah, there's no question. I mean, honest to goodness, I'm just shocked at what Ohio State's been able to do um, because Bryce Sensball, their yep. leading scorer, didn't even play today. Play. And they haven't got Zed Key, who's their big guy inside. He didn't play today. And Ohio State still wins this ball game by 10 points against the Michigan State team that everybody has said coming into this tournament was maybe the hottest team in the Big Ten at this point in the season. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, again, IU Maryland, quarterfinal round. Four of four at the UC in Chicago coming up later on tonight. 8 p.m., 93 WIBC. Your coverage downstairs begins. Um, let's double back, if you will, at Maryland back on the 31st, 66-55 was the final right there. And IU looked more than discombobulated, and Maryland had that thing full throttle, as they did most of the time at home this season. But again, neutral floor situations tend to change things a great deal. Uh, what are some of the things beyond shooting that you think needs to change from that meeting to this one tonight, Don? Better defense, no question about it. I didn't think Indiana – I mean, Indiana's defense was not bad against Maryland, but the execution on the offensive end was not very good at all. And and obviously that's going to have to change if Indiana's going to compete with this ball club tonight because they're a hard-nosed basketball team. They play pretty good at the defensive end of the floor, and they've got a bunch of guys that can shoot the basketball. And, of course, Jameer Young is just having a phenomenal season. And he had a bad game last night, so that – Hopefully that's not a good, a, a good omen from the standpoint of uh, Maryland is concerned because he did not play his best basketball game and still got 10 points. But 
he wasn't the major factor last night. Dante Scott was. And Scott may be the most improved basketball player in the Big Ten compared to last year to now. Well, then you also look at some of these defensive efforts that IU has put up here recently, and that probably doesn't make you feel great about that either. No. I mean, let's face facts. Off and on, you never know uh, in the in the sense of <laughs> I got people coming up to me. I don't even know what you asked me now. I, I can't. I'm too old to keep two things going at one time. I'm sorry about that, John. It's okay. It's okay. Well, it's it's been from a team, Don, that's looking for a, a really nice defensive effort compared to the first time these two teams met back on the 31st of January. It's not like that. IU's defense has been trending here recently in the right direction. No, you're right. Uh, it's been too much of an off and on scenario. Uh, there's been times when they've really played well. Obviously, Purdue. Uh, at West Lafayette, and then there was times they have not played so well, both ends of the floor. That would be the Iowa ball game immediately following the Purdue contest. Yeah. So there's no question this team has to be, become more consistent at both ends of the floor. I always think defense is the first thing that they have to do, and if they can get that going, I think that leads to really good offense at the other end of the floor, as most people believe as well. No, it's a Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I know you only have a couple more minutes before you have to bail and get ready for things. I, I'm curious offensively, too. Any Anything that you have seen recently from others, um, other than obviously Trace Jackson Davis? Uh, I know Jalen Hood Shafino has, has been good at times. Sometimes he will disappear, but he hit a big one down the stretch. That three against Michigan might have been the biggest shot of the game, honestly, late in that game to tie it up. Anybody else you kind of feel like could give them something that, that we're not thinking about or mentioning right now tonight, Don? Well, the guy I'd like to see get hot or start playing his best basketball would be Tamar Bates. Uh, coming off the bench, Indiana hasn't had a lot of people coming off the bench at this point in the season. Uh, they haven't got a lot of bench play that has been really prolific. And Bates is capable of being that guy. But I don't know if we can count on it because he hasn't been consistent throughout the year. But if there's anybody I would look to at this point, I think he would be a key. And I don't think there's any doubt you've got to have Miller, Miller Cobb knocking down some threes and you've got to have Trey Galloway doing the same thing. And then the defensive execution. Those would be the keys from my perspective in this ball game against Maryland. Yeah, you'd like to see Miller Cobb just kind of – Miller Cobb, Kind of reminds me, and I've always mentioned this because defensive backs of the NFL, you have to have uh, you know, really a zero memory whatsoever. Just move on. Miles Turner at times for the Pacers has way too much of a memory, and you can tell that sits on his shoulders a little bit. And the same right. thing with Miller Cop. I mean, you, he misses a shot or two, and it seems like things can really more unravel than it likely is to get back together. I wish he had a shorter memory with that in mind. <laughs> don't we all yeah because he he tends not to shoot it as much as he needs to anyway and, and that hurts and them misses, that hurts them too right. that flow of that so yeah when he doesn't make the first one he tends to to back off right away and you just want to see him keep taking the shots that are available to him and not back off of him because he's just too good of a shooter he just absolutely is and unfortunately he just doesn't look at it from that perspective sometimes i think he starts to play harder at the defensive end and try to make up for his lack of shooting at night in, in for the first time. Uh, but here's the thing is this whole team right now has got to start playing their best basketball. And if they do that, they're going to give themselves a chance in this tournament. And certainly they will in the next tournament, the NCAA. You want to be just nice and fitting at the end of this conversation. If I were to say, hey, Don, you want to go to uh, our table later on tonight? Full well knowing that you can't. <laughs> because you're in Chicago. That'd be very fitting. Well, you, you can still go. <laughs> I was thinking about, I was honestly thinking about it. Um, would I look okay going by myself and just like sitting at the bar? You would look like you're perfectly in tune to what's happening. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> All right. I know you got to run here, buddy. I do. You got about a thousand things going on. Have a yes, great call, you and, and Eric and John and everybody tonight. And let's see if we can uh, meet again next week and talk about what a great weekend this was for them. And then talk about, well, honestly, I mean, hell, we may be talking about the first NCAA tournament game by this time next week. So who the hell knows? But hopefully yeah, we will we be. Yeah, we could exactly be talking about that. We may be talking about the first NCAA tournament game and what we did in it. Oh, my. <laughs> <Next> Friday. <laughs> that, 
That, you never know. On Thursday, <laughs> if you play on Thursday, we will be talking about what happened in that game. I, I I just find this nuts is the fact that that Ohio State has now played and won three games before Northwestern and IU have played their first game. That's incredible. I man. know. So. It is incredible. You're absolutely right. All right. Have a great call tonight, Don, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Thanks, yeah. I appreciate it. Man. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Potline, the voice of the Boilermakers, is our friend uh, Rob Blackman. The Boilermakers advance to the semifinals of the Big Ten Conference tournaments. They get unlikely. Ohio State as a 13 seed in that semifinal coming up tomorrow afternoon. Rob Blackman again joins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. All I can really say is wow. Wow. Yeah, in a couple of different ways. Uh, wow, that you're singing out loud late on a Friday. Did that not sound good, though? That sounded exactly like Johnny Cash, did it not? It sounded fine. I'm not critiquing the actual quality of the singing. I was just <laughs> caught off guard by the fact you were singing. But maybe more surprisingly is the fact that, yes, you're about to play the number 13 seed in the semifinal game, which uh, um, has probably been mentioned already on your show. But in case it hasn't, Ohio State is the lowest seed to ever make it to the semifinals. So uh, they've won three games in three days. And um, quite frankly, all of them have been impressive. I mean, I when I filled out my bracket, I had Wisconsin winning that, that first game on Wednesday, not Ohio State. So the fact they've beaten Wisconsin, now Iowa, and now Michigan State, and they're on a they're on a pretty good run right here. That's all you need, too, buddy. You know it. It is all you need. You're not you're not necessarily that team that I think lost like twelve of thirteen or something ugly like that. You're not like that team that Chris Holtman said after beating Wisconsin on Wednesday. You know, you didn't really know what to do. You didn't know where to turn. All you have to do is go out there and knock down some threes and play a little bit of defense, and all of a sudden, you're unlike what you have been over the course of this season. And the fact they did it today without Sensabaugh, to me, is that that is the most amazing statistic of all. I mean, uh, he led all the Big Ten freshmen in scoring this year, and he was, the the couple of games against Purdue this year, he was really good. He had... uh, uh, in the Purdue blowout win, he had 20 points for those guys. He was their only, I think he was only double-digit scorer they had in that game. And then in the game in Columbus when, when Ohio State almost beat Purdue, he had, I know he had 21 points in that game. And I don't, I don't know if he played 36, 37 minutes. He rarely came out of the game. So what a valuable part of their team he is. And, he, and for them to win without him, now they've been playing without Zed Key for the last handful of games. They've known he's going to be out with that shoulder injury. So, that one maybe not surprising, but man, to win without Sensenball today, they uh, those guys are rolling right now. All right, Rob, I'm going to quickly update people on something outside of the realm of college hoop and the Big Ten Conference tournament because people around here are going to wonder about this. Uh, the Bears have traded the number one overall pick that they had to Carolina. So Carolina taking a major swing at this right now. So in return, the Bears get pick number nine, pick number 61, a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and wide receiver DJ Moore. So there was an active player involved, as we thought it may take. But a quarterback-hungry team in Carolina is now going to roll off the board with the number one overall selection so if you're keeping track at home now carolina houston obviously two quarterbacks going there we assume arizona's in the mix maybe somebody trades up there and then the colts at number four so carolina moves up to get that bears number one pick in a trade just happened minutes ago so we'll get back to the college basketball rob blackman voice of the boilermakers here via the andy moore automotive group hotline um, I thought that if you're a Boilermaker fan, give a lot of love today for Jenkins because without Jenkins against Rutgers, Rob, I think this outcome could have been much different from a trio of guards that shot three for 17. What he gave them off the bench was so incredibly necessary. Uh, we talked about that with the coaches on our postgame show, that very fact that and the way we phrased it was that this is exactly why you bring a David Jenkins Jr. to your team as a grad transfer in the transfer portal um, for this very moment. I mean, this is forget what happens from November until March the 1st. You want this guy on your team for this very reason, to win big-time games that really matter in the month of March. And I mean, 12 points for him, which is a season high. 
which doesn't seem like a lot of points for your season high, but I, I was looking up the numbers. He's at he's at like 1,960, I think, career points. I mean, he's closing in on 2,000 points. Every place he had been before Purdue, uh, specifically South Dakota State and UNLV, you know, he was the go-to guy offensively. He was the number one option on offense, so he scored a bunch of points. He was he was all Summit League when he played at South Dakota State. He was all Mountain West when he played at UNLV. So he's more than capable. It's just that hasn't been his role with this team. His role this year is just simply be the backup for Braden Smith, a point guard. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this. He, he, I, I agree with you. There's a really good chance that he's not winning this game if he does not shoot the way he did today. Uh, Mason Gillis also was huge, but uh, I'm with you. As far as a punch off the bench that Purdue desperately needed, especially in the first half when Purdue was really laboring. Um, that, but that's why, again, that, that's why you literally could have set David Jenkins Jr. on the bench from November the 1st until March the 1st and never ask him to play a game until March, and then you ask him to step up and play at a high level. And, and that's why you have guys like that on your team. That's why you bring him in for a, for a, for a transfer portal year to, to give you a lift like he did today. So Rob Blackman, voice of the Boilermakers, Purdue, Ohio State, one of the semifinals from the United Center in Chicago coming at you tomorrow afternoon. And uh, Rob's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Do you think that Fletcher Lawyer w- was more about a, a freshman in that environment against a really rough and physical Rutgers team? Or is this just the lawyer that we have seen the end of the regular season in his freshman season? It's kind of fade. He doesn't look like Rob shooting-wise – he has many answers right now because 90% of the shots he's been shooting, or at least I saw today, are short. They all ended at the same spot. It looks like he's searching. He's just not coming up with anything. I thought today was more about Caleb McConnell defensively on Fletcher Lawyer than Fletcher struggling offensively. Uh, having a courtside seat like we do for the broadcast you could just see the way Caleb McConnell was blanketed all over Lawyer. And it became very apparent early in the game that their their defensive strategy was we are not going to let Fletcher Lawyer get going against us. And it worked because, I mean, Caleb McConnell absolutely shut him down. I, I don't know what – I know Fletcher didn't make a field goal. I think he maybe attempted five of them. I think he was 0 5 shooting maybe. Yeah, he was 0 for 5 and then 0 for 2 from three-point oh, yeah. range. 4 yeah. 5 from free-throw line. So, yeah. And, and I would have to go back and watch the game again. I am assuming all five of those shots came when Caleb McConnell was not guarding him. Because when Caleb yeah, McConnell yeah, was off, yeah. I mean, he could even if he touched the ball, if you watch closely, he couldn't dribble right, left, didn't matter. Caleb McConnell just absolutely shut that guy down. Now, to Fletcher's credit, he is a true freshman, and he's now playing in, I don't know, game number 30-something on the season, 32, I think it would be. Um most high school guys don't have 32 games in a season. So if there's something to be said about wearing down as a freshman because you're not used to playing this many competitive games, there's something to that, and I'll give you that. But I would, uh, in this particular instance, at least today, I think you give more of the credit to Caleb McConnell and the job he did defensively than the, flag, the fact that Fletcher couldn't get anything going on offense. Well, and, and I want to play off of what you just said regarding that, too, because obviously the lawyer struggled, Newman struggled. But the other thing that stood out to me, and you could really tell because he only had eight minutes, it, it appeared that Rutgers wanted Caleb First to do what Caleb First did offensively today, and that was shoot two threes that weren't close and that kind of force Matt into, or at least a, Matt made an adjustment let's say, to get him out of that situation and, and maybe more of Gillis in that situation, put Morton in there, Morton down, knocked down a couple of threes. Is that what you saw? Yeah, and I also, and you mentioned Morton, I, I actually thought their game plan was not terrible on allowing Ethan Morton and David Jenkins to shoot either. Because yeah. if you look at the percentages, I mean, Ethan's a 29% three-point shooter. Oh, they would take that. David, There's no doubt, yes. yeah. yeah. And Dave, David Jenkins Jr. is a 30% three-point shooter. Now, he does have the uh, the benefit of the doubt knowing that he's made a bunch of threes in his career, but this season he has not been good. So the fact that Rutgers was allowing guys like, yes, Caleb First, Ethan Morton, David Jenkins Jr. to shoot threes, and then simply not allowing Fletcher Lawyer to touch the ball, that's actually a pretty good, pretty good defensive philosophy. I do think it's a positive thing for Purdue, however, to know that Fletcher Lawyer and Brandon Newman go 0 for 9 combined shooting and you still win the game. That to me, that's a that's a very positive sign moving forward, knowing that you can 
you know, you can win a game in the tournament when, when you're getting absolutely nothing out of the two-guard position offensively. And Bullermaker fans are going to feel good because Rutgers is out of the way. Probably yeah. like almost well, like – not not entirely, but almost like anybody else other than Rutgers. I think Rutgers yeah. has a, a wear-out kind of deal with not just playing them on the floor, but with the fan base watching these games too. Well, they had uh, – we mentioned this a few times on a broadcast. Rutgers had won five of the last six before today against Purdue. And I've mentioned this numerous times over the last really two years. You would think that from a uh, from a competitive standpoint in the Big Ten – the teams that you're always worried about beating you are, are the Indianas and the Michigan States and the Illinois. That really hasn't been the case for Purdue. The one team that Purdue just have not has not had an answer for is Rutgers of all teams. Rutgers is the team that Purdue always seems to struggle with. Um, so, yes, I am glad to see those guys off the schedule, and uh, hopefully we don't have to see them in the NCAA tournament because they are, for whatever reason, man, they are a tough matchup against Purdue. I've told Boilermaker fans to feel good from this standpoint, too. I mean, obviously, you get the win, you move on. That's what matters the most. But now you got your feet underneath you a little bit. And, you know, Rutgers had that game yesterday where at the hands of Michigan, they, they got their thing going. We're watching right now, momentum-wise, what Ohio State is doing because they're not clearly as good to the level on which they're playing right now, which is a big thing. And that's what Northwestern and IU are going to have to do coming up later on tonight is, you know, start from that, that standing position, get their legs underneath them. And it doesn't really matter. However, you survive as long as you do moving on. And that's what the Boilers did today. Agreed. And Matt Painter talked about that even in the pregame show, that the team that's already played a game or two does have a decided advantage early in the game. They just seem to always have that advantage because they've already played. And we saw that today. I think it was 17-5 to right out of the gate, something like that. Purdue was down. So, yeah, you felt like – and if you remember, uh, Rutgers started the game 3-4 of from 3. So they were obviously really comfortable on those rims, having shot on them the day before. Purdue was not. Yeah. Uh, Purdue was two of ten from three in the first half. But that that water kind of finds its level once you get into the second half, and everyone's a little more comfortable. But yes, I I do believe. I know there are some different thoughts on that philosophy that you brought up there. But I, I'm with you. Coach Painter is with you in that the team that has already been on that floor, at least in the first you know ten fifteen minutes of the game, they normally do have a decided advantage just because they're more comfortable with the surroundings. Does he enjoy that Rutgers team as much as he talks about it? I also, I, I was curious, were you near the dialogue he had with McConnell? Uh, no, we are exact opposite. Okay. I did see him speaking, but no, I don't know what they were saying. I don't know. It, I it, it, it is apparent because even to me, he brings up Rutgers all the time. He really does. I think deep down really does like the way that they play and like the way that Steve Peichel coaches him up. I think uh, to add to that, I think if you could pull Gene Cady aside and say, hey, man, outside of Purdue, who's your favorite team to watch in the Big Ten? I guarantee you he would say Rutgers because that is that is a Gene Cady type of team right there. Just a bunch of hard-nosed, tough dudes who aren't necessarily maybe overly skilled, but, man, do they play hard. God dang, do they play hard. And they yeah. – uh, they man, that's yeah, that that's a Coach Katie type of ball club right there. So obviously that makes him a, a Matt Painter type of ball club, no doubt. It's Rob Blackman, voice of the Boilermakers. You guys underway at noon tomorrow with the pregame show. Uh, correct, one p.m. tip off. That's right. Purdue and Ohio State, one o'clock tomorrow, twelve noon for the pregame. Yes. See if IU can hold up their end of the bargain because I, I know there's still a game to play. But listen, round three, IU Purdue would be absolutely spectacular. Sunday. That, that would uh, that would be must-see television, I think, on Sunday. Oh, afternoon. no, no, no. Much-listen radio, brother. Come on, man. I'm working for you That's here. That's what I meant to say. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> <Much listen. laughs> hey, we'll catch you up regardless, maybe on Monday or something, too, if you're cool with that. Yeah, because then we'll know the NCAA tournament uh, seedings and all that. So, yeah, that'd be fun. All right. Uh, tell Painter to get to work. Oh, yes, I will. I'll, I'll wake him up from his nap. <laughs> all right buddy i'll talk at you later have a good broadcast tomorrow see you john so rob blackman voice of the boilermakers on the andy moore automotive group hotline ohio state purdue the first semifinal from chicago tomorrow one o'clock is the tip noon is the pregame coverage with uh, rob on the boilermaker radio network yeah that is a, a big deal big deal so what um who do you think carolina likes over there eddie why do, what Carolina get up there? Are they going after Bryce Young? That's who they want? I want to be bold here, and I want to say it's Anthony Richardson. I can't imagine. 
Nick Moore says it's Richardson. A lot of people are saying that it's Richardson here. No, I'm sorry. I think he says it's Richardson to the Colts. I think Richardson at four. I can imagine that's going to be it. In case you missed it, the Bears traded the number one overall selection to Carolina. So Carolina now holds the number one. The compensation going to the Bears, that's pick number nine and pick number 61. A first-round pick in 2024, a second-rounder in 2025, wide receiver DJ Moore. How would you size up the haul that the Bears got for number one? That's a lot. There is no way in hell Chris Ballard was going to be even in the ballpark of that. None. Zero. Will you agree? None. None. You Absolutely give up two none. first and two seconds and a blue-chip player, or as Coach Venturi likes to call them, ambient players. Mm-hmm. So, is there more of a probability here that the Colts stay at four or the Colts feel it necessary to get up to three? Because we're assuming Houston's going to draft a quarterback. They're not going to stick with Davis Mills here, right? I think I think they'll be at four. That's my I opinion. Too. That's what I've said all along. I, I think, think they're going to be at four, and I think they're going to draft Will Levis. That's what I think sitting Ooh. right here. I still hope it's Stroud. That's just my preference there. There's, you think Stroud's going to be available for? It all depends on what Carolina does at one. If they go with AR, then uh, I would certainly say Stroud is there at four. That's the big deal. The day will come back. Maybe a couple of thoughts before we end this thing, too. The last word, top of the hour. That's the Gore Man and Matt Taylor for you there. Penn State Northwestern at 630. IU Maryland coming up from Chicago is an 8 o'clock pregame show coverage downstairs, 93 WIBC. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.